We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Breakdown with former Chiefs quarterback Matt Castle and FanDuel TV's Matt Hamilton. The best analysis on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense that's available for Chiefs Kingdom. This film-based show will educate, entertain, and inform you each week. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. And now, let's go to Matt for the latest episode of The Breakdown. And we're back with another edition of The Breakdown on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm Matt Hamilton. That's Matt Castle. Matt, how'd you enjoy the bye week? Just getting to enjoy some of that wild card action around the league. Oh, it was great, man. I enjoyed my bye week. At the same time, we had a lot of volleyball tournaments this weekend. So in between, I'm on on the phone watching these games. And there are some incredible games that went on. But also, there's some incredible competition going on over there at the TPV for the girls' volleyball tournament. Let's go! <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed the volleyball as much as everybody else enjoyed that, uh, that wild card action. But one of the best games of the weekend, the most – Stunning outcome of the weekend was the Jaguars coming back from that 27 nothing deficit to knock off the Chiefs AFC West rivals, the Chargers. And that's going to be Kansas City's opponent. They're hosting Jacksonville this weekend. What stood out to you about what we saw from the Jaguars in that comeback? It's pretty incredible and remarkable that they're able to come back. Obviously, they're down 27 to nothing in the second quarter, and that's in big part due to the five turnovers, four interceptions by Trevor Lawrence. And when you look at it, when you're in that type of position, how does your team respond, right? Because it's easy to spiral out of control, especially against a playoff opponent. The L.A. Chargers got a big lead. They've got a good team as well. But it started with that two-minute drill at the end of the half. Jacksonville went down, scored, and maybe got a little bit of momentum, maybe a little bit of confidence going back in. And then they made halftime adjustments. And when they came out in the second half, Trevor Lawrence was a different player. And I'll tell you from experience, look, I've been in games. I've thrown four interceptions. It's so difficult to do to change your mindset and to be able to recover mentally more so than anything else, regain that confidence going into the second half after you know you know that you've had such an atrocious 
first half and nothing's really gone right. And so he came out and like he's done all year, this group is resilient. The defense stepped up, got the stops that they needed to. They shut down the run game against the Chargers and then three straight possessions, three straight touchdown drives. Then at the final drive was able to set up that run with ETN to go down, kick the game winning field goal. It just all worked in the second half. A second half. It was unsurmountable odds but they were able to do it and when you look at this Jacksonville team right Hamilton I mean they've been doing it all season long they erased 17 point deficits I think against Dallas and Oakland they erased a nine point deficit against the Baltimore Ravens in the fourth quarter this year and then even in that the last game of the year for the divisional title against the Tennessee Titans they're down 10 points in that game so the one thing about Jacksonville that you can count on is that they're not giving up. They're always going to try to fight and be in the game. And that's the interesting part about this team, because if they eliminate those mistakes, maybe that wasn't even as close of a game as what it was. Yeah. And you look at it, their last five home wins, they trailed by double digits in every single right. one of them. And uh, it does, it speaks to, it speaks to Doug Peterson and what he's been able to do with this team. And as you mentioned with Trevor Lawrence, that's a nightmare scenario. You can't in your playoff debut, after a rough rookie season with Urban Meyer to come out and have everything go against you like that. It's just, it's hard to imagine, imagine a worse situation to be put in. And, you know, even if he just battled back and had a strong game and they end up losing, it's, it's impressive. But to do what he did and, and basically not miss for the entire second half and, and pull off a, an absolute miracle, it just speaks to his mental toughness and, uh, and his composure and that's something that he's definitely going to need this weekend going into Arrowhead because that's a place that's definitely going to test your composure. Um, as we know, the Jaguars, this is not their first trip there. So, you know, they got a little bit, a little taste of the Arrowhead experience earlier this year. Uh, and it was also a game, you talk about their resilience, it's a game they got down 20 to nothing in um, back in week 10. And they battled back. It ended up being a 27 to 17 chiefs win um but again this is a team that doesn't quit they they battled back in it the chiefs you know took that 20 nothing lead in the into halftime you figure oh this is going to be an easy one but but this team just doesn't go away we're going to dig into some of the footage from that game in a little bit and kind of walk you through just some of the things the chiefs were able to do to exploit this jaguars defense but looking back on that game matt what stood out to you and and where do you think the chiefs have the advantage well, I think offensively they played well throughout the course of the day. They were good in situational football, really good on third down, good in the red zone. They got off to a great start with a 20-point lead to start the game. But again, it could have been a lot more than that. You look at the first series of the game, Pacheco inside the red zone, he fumbled. And then all of a sudden, Jacksonville, again, at the end of the half, somehow they figured it out. They were able to go down, score some points before the half. They fumble the kickoff return, miss a field goal. So that could have been a 10-point swing right there. And then you look even in the third quarter early in the third quarter Jacksonville is able to put together a drive and Trevor Lawrence throws that throws off a boot route he throws his Zay Jones in the back of the end zone for a touchdown but that's negated because they have a legal man down downfield again that takes points off the board so this could have been even a closer game than what you think about but offensively, all they have to do is really take care of the football. And that's really what it comes down to in this game. they got to win the turnover battle against this team. They can't get, have those mistakes that they've had sometimes throughout the course of the year because this team is able to capitalize on that, and it also keeps them in the ballgame. Defensively, look, their pressure, Chris Jones and company, they've been outstanding. They've got to continue to do that. They had five sacks in the first game. That showed up big. 
But again, it's the big play opportunity. You, you saw Christian Kirk catch that one in the fourth quarter for a big play. And it, it's not giving up those big plays because generally speaking, when you look at Jacksonville, when you look at this offensive unit, they're a horizontal passing game, right? They're going to try to get the ball there quick. They're going to be formationally diverse bunches, stacks, and try to do the mesh rubs and then those force protectors. I call them force protectors, but it's like two guys blocking out in front, hitting ETN on a swing pass and trying to get blockers out in front. So they've got to be good against that like they were in the first game. They just can't give up the big plays, which they did at different points in that game. And you're right. The one time we've seen the Chiefs get into trouble offensively this year is when they, they get a little bit of the turnover bug, um, whether it's and, – and sometimes it's come on special teams – where they've had some some key miscues, and sometimes it's come from Mahomes when he's trying to force things a little bit too much. And this Jaguars defense, while they they'll give up some yards, they're incredibly opportunistic, and they create a lot of turnovers and big plays defensively as well. So that's something um, I agree with you. That's going to be a huge key key for Kansas City here. But let's go back and let's go into the tape and, and look at a couple of the key moments in that game and what the Chiefs were able to do against this Jaguars D. Walk us through this, yeah. Matt. I love it. So it's a two-by-two two formation. Kadarius Tony is down here on the stack. He gets a little bit of a head start. They short motion him in, right? And it's a, it's a boot action, right? So they're going to sell the zone to the left side of the formation. But Kadarius Tony, we used to call it flash. He's going to flash behind the line of scrimmage and try to get lost behind there. He's going to become the primary receiver, number one, in the flat. So when you come off your fake, you're looking first to the guy in the flat. He's number one. And then you've got Sky Moore right here. Um, he's running that bench route in behind him. So he's creating that high-low on that cornerback. If the cornerback gives any depth whatsoever and Kadarius Tony's open, you give him the ball right now in space and let him do his thing. Then Justin Watson's on the crossing route. And at the very uh, the very late leak here by Travis Kelsey, he'll come back in as like a check down. But Kadarius Tony's wide open right here. He gives him the ball. He doesn't hesitate whatsoever, and he gives him the ball in space. And then Kadarius Tony, with his uh, extreme athleticism and playmaking abilities, able to take it down the field, make a few guys miss. And I think this is the fun part about this game for me. It's Kadarius Tony's kind of coming out party, right? He had his first touchdown catch in this game. He was a big factor in this game. And then you also saw how diverse he can become in his skill set, whether it's a jet sweep, whether it's the boot, whether it's the catch down the sideline in the back shoulder where he goes up over two, two defenders. And he kind of proved that day that, hey, we might have something special here. We might have caught lightning in the bottle. Yeah, and, and what I love here, too, is, you know, we, we love when Mahomes can make things complicated and make some big plays, but <laughs> he keeps it simple here. He's got a shot to throw that bench route to Sky Moore um, and probably a decent chance of completing that, but you got a 100% chance of completing that one to Tony and, and with his playmaking ability, just get the ball in his hands and let him make a play. Not everything has to be um, the spectacular Patrick Mahomes show, and this is a sign of just – you know, savvy quarterback play. Just get the ball to your playmaker, let him go. Yeah, that, that's it. And they always would tell us, look, don't bypass an open wide receiver. Even though he, he's there and you might be able to throw that guy behind him for a bigger play, the high percentage throws right in front of your face, take it, move to the next play. And it worked out perfectly in this circumstance because he didn't hesitate whatsoever. He came off his fake. He knew he was number one in the progression, gave him the ball, and then good things happened. And the Kadaris Tony show continued in this game later in the red zone. We saw him find the end zone. Walk us through this play. 
Yeah, I just love how they utilize these guys' skill sets in different ways and gives the defense so many different looks. So when you look at this play, they're going to jet sweep or give the impression that he's going to come across the, the motion on a jet sweep. And he actually becomes flare control down here at the bottom of the screen. But when you think about this actual read, you're going to free release Pacheco. And, and defensive structure, it's a too high defense. It looks like it's cover four. And so you've got a stick route up top right there. You've got Pacheco coming out. He's going to kind of run the spot check down. So it's a left to right read, right? You've got the stick route if you like it. You're working those guys. But those, both those linebackers are present. They may Make it a tight window. Justin Watson's going to be running the crossing route to kind of come into that window over the top. And then Travis Kelsey, I think he's got the end cut in behind it, but then he starts to feel like he's got nowhere to go and he kind of breaks his route off to the opposite side. But I just love the fact that Mahomes right here goes through his progression. And when you see the defense, they get so caught up on the inside here. The Sam linebacker does right here with Travis Kelsey and the safety that nobody pushes through to go to the flat. And Kadarius Tony's wide open, but also his progression of going right, I mean, left to right, getting all the way out to his flare control and seeing this guy getting the ball in space for a walk-in touchdown. And you mentioned it. You got to love the patience there going through his progressions. Obviously, great protection as well to buy him time to do mm -hmm. that. Um, but, yeah, but you see the influence of Travis Kelsey as well. A lot of people are concerned, oh, Kelsey hasn't scored a touchdown in, in six games. What's going on? Well, this is what's going on. He's drawing a lot of attention down there. And it would only be concerning to me if the Chiefs offense was struggling in the red zone as a result. They're thriving because it's opening things up for other people with all that attention paid to Kelsey, right? Oh, you hit it right on the head. When you talk about Travis Kelsey, not only is he the best tight end in the game, but even when he doesn't get the ball, what he does for this offense, he's the best decoy that you have because he demands attention on every single play. They circle him, you know, when they're game planning for a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, they're circling him in the meeting saying, we can't let this guy beat us. But what does that do? It opens up other guys. And as you just saw, in that play right there, the linebacker gets stuck inside. The safety's got his eyes on Travis Kelsey. And now nobody pushes through to the flare in the flat, which is just a blown coverage. And now you've got Kadarius Tony wide open. And that's not the only example of that that we saw in this game. You're going to see here on this last play, more attention being paid to Travis Kelsey and it opening things up for somebody else. Walk us through this. Yep, it's 12 personnel. You know that they like to use that variation in terms of the personnel group, but you've got Travis Kelsey in a cut split down here at the bottom. You've got Noah Gray at the tight end position. You've got a slot up top and you've got McKinnon offset to these two tight ends right here. So it's cover four, but also what's interesting about this is they only rush three. So they drop out Josh Allen to get one more guy in coverage on the second level. Now, when you see it, I love the route pattern and the concept. Kelsey's going to run that seam down the middle and he's going to get vertical in the defense right now. Noah Gray is going to come off his wake and he's going to run the go route, but it's a spray release go off of Travis Kelsey. So what happens is that, that Josh Allen right there, the Sam linebacker, is responsible for the flat. So he starts to push out with Noah Gray, but now he's got to carry him through the zone and he does and he drops him. So that creates just enough separation. And again, we talked about Travis Kelsey being a decoy in this circumstance, but watch the corner and the safety. Both eyes are on them. He has no presence to drop back off into this seam coming behind him. And Mahomes is able to see it and deliver it for a touchdown. And that little, that little subtle shoulder fake there for Mahomes too, just to open that window a little bit more to get that ball into gray. 
And it is, it is a beautiful thing to watch. Beautiful play design. You know, even if Josh Allen doesn't take that little peek to the flat, that's a, an awful lot to ask your pass rusher to have to cover a tight end one-on-one, especially an athletic tight end like Noah Gray. Um, just perfect job from Andy Reid and company finding a way to exploit this Jaguars defense and the look that they knew they were going to get. Right, and that's a big part of how – they can utilize their personnel to get the matchup that they want. Because in this circumstance, when you go 12 personnel and you've got big guys on the field and you can potentially run the football, they're in base defense. They're not in nickel defense right here. And that's a good thing because you get a lesser defender in space like Josh Allen, who they're trying to say, hey, look, you're you're athletic enough. You can go cover the flat. But again, he's not used to doing that on a consistent basis. He's an edge rusher that's going to come off the edge and come get the quarterback. And then that's when issues happen in terms of communication. And it opens up a guy down the field for a wide open touchdown. Yep. And uh, this was to give the Chiefs that 20 to nothing lead. Obviously, as we talked about, the Jags fought back a little bit uh, and made this thing a game. Um, but the Chiefs now coming off of that bye week, you always hope to get a little bit healthier. We've gotten some injury news this week. Sounds like Clyde Edwards Alaire is uh, his practice window has been activated. Obviously, the Chiefs have been getting great production out of their running backs. So it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in if he is able to be active for Sunday. The other more concerning news is is McCole Hardman. They're now calling it, it went from an abdominal injury to abdominal illness, and now they're saying it, it's a pelvic injury, and it doesn't sound positive. Um, towards his return whatsoever. So I think we saw a lot of Kadarius Tony in that first matchup. I think that Kadarius Tony acquisition is going to be more important than ever now, because as we've sat on the show multiple times between Tony and Hardman, they need one of those guys out there to be able to do everything they need to do offensively. How do you see the Hardman injury? If he isn't able to return impacting this offense going forward? Well, again, uh, McCall Hartman is a guy that is incredibly explosive. He's another playmaker on this on this offensive unit. But at the same time, they've been functioning without him for a majority of the season now. So they understand, like, this is the situation with him. I'm sure that the medical professionals and everybody have kept Andy Reid and everybody up to date on what's taking place. So I'm sure that they were preparing ahead of time to not go in this game with McCole Hardman just based on his status and based on what was being said. And so they're just going to game plan as they normally normally do. And against Jacksonville the first time, they didn't have Juju Smith-Schuster in that second half, obviously, after the hit as well. So he'll be present. You got MVS, you got Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, and then you've got the plethora of tight ends led by Travis Kelsey. So they know what they want to do and they can still use their different personnel sets, use their different formations, and also get Kadarius Tony the ball in a multitude of ways. You saw it even against the Raiders. He's lined up in the backfield. They hand him off the ball. You've got the jet sweep stuff. you got formationally, he's running routes on the outside. He's in the slot. There's so many different things that they can do, and there's nobody that does it better than Andy Reid in terms of game planning. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. So I look at the Jaguars coming off of such an emotional win where they're basically dead and buried. I mean, they were dead and buried 10 weeks into this season at three and seven. They come back to win the division. Do you think I I feel like this could go one of two ways for a team? I feel like either it's like you get that confidence of just invincibility when you've gone through what this team has gone through. But there's also that like you come off of such an emotional game. To, to be able to then regroup and take on an opponent as tough as Kansas City. How do you think going through all of that just emotionally affects these Jaguars? Do you think we see a stronger effort, or do, we think, do you think it, it, it might have taken something out of them? Well, it was definitely an emotional effort, and it, it can take something out of you, and you kind of have to recover. But it's easier to recover from that emotional ta- emotionally taxing game when you win. And so everybody leaves that building, and I know that there's a lot of things for them to clean up and correct, but at the same time, they showed resilience. They played the way that they played in the second half, which built momentum and ultimately led to that win. And so they're probably thinking more about that. And also Doug Peters, when he's addressing the team, saying, hey, look, guys, we were able to overcome that, but if we make these same mistakes against the Kansas City Chiefs, it won't be close. Right. We can't do it against one of the elite teams, if not the elite team in the NFL right now. So he's saying, but we can play a whole lot better than what we did. And all that starts with is taking care of the football, you know, and doing what we've done throughout the course of the season to make us successful. And that's the only way in which we'll have a shot. Yeah. And the other, the other thing I wanted to ask you about um, is, as we talked about before, that first game, also in Arrowhead, the Jaguars are a very young team overall. Um you know, my my personal experience when I was um, with Missouri, I remember in 2006, it was Chase mm-hmm. Daniels first year as a starter. I was working with the quarterbacks as a, as a student coach and we went into Nebraska and, and that sea of red and that that incredible environment. And it was just, you know, we hadn't experienced anything like it before. We were super young. It was overwhelming. We got down 21 to three at half and we're like, what the hell just happened? Um, and then the second half, we settled down. We played better. And then the next time we went back in 2008, we just blew the doors off them. It didn't phase us at all walking into that. It was their homecoming game, too. Like, just, you know, right. once you have that experience of going into that type of environment, like the, like the Jaguars did going into Arrowhead the first time around, do you think that's an advantage for Jacksonville and, and takes away a little bit of that home field um, edge that Arrowhead gives Casey? 
I don't think it takes away from the home field advantage because that place is special and it's going to be rocking. It's going to be electric. The fans are going to be out in full force and it'll be loud. But there is some advantage to the fact that they came there early in the season and they've competed on that field and they've seen the crowd and, and seen the environment, understand what is going to take place in terms of crowd crowd noise and how to operate the line of scrimmage and all those things. So there's you have an expectation now for what to expect when you walk into Arrowhead. And it won't be like the first time walking in going, oh, my gosh, what in the world's about to take place right now, right? So there is an advantage to that because, again, they played this team early in the season, so they're familiar with all the different parts of the stadium and what to expect going in to play this game. All right, so there you have it, guys. Um, we we hit about every angle of this matchup. Matt, I got to ask you, how do you think this one plays out? Do you think the Jaguars' magic stays alive or are the Chiefs headed to yet another AFC title game? I believe the Chiefs are headed to a yet another AFC title game. They, they, You know, the pressure, it feels like, is all on the Chiefs because of the expectation level, right? And so that's one thing that you always consider in terms of managing those expectations going into the game. But as long as they go out and play their game and they've got enough guys that have been battle-tested and veterans on this team, particularly Patrick Mahomes, who's been through this situation, that I'm not worried about that. And I do believe that they'll get out and be able to put together some good openers and get to a fast start and put this team in that position where they're trailing from behind and that's going to be a tough tough environment to come back from you know from a big deficit yeah and, and even though we've seen them do it's it's hard to live by that formula week after week after week if you're the jaguars and uh you know i think this i think the, the jaguars are going to give them a game here i think they've improved a lot since that first meeting um, and you know, we've seen it. They're playing with house money right now. This is a team with a lot of confidence. As you said, the pressure is all on the Kansas city side. So I think Doug Peterson's going to have them loose. I think they're going to come out aggressively and, uh, and give the chiefs a heck of a game here, but I think the chiefs hang on. I think, um, you know, I see it being like a 30 to 27 type of a game, high scoring, a lot of action. Um, but the chiefs, hang on, build a lead early, like you said, and hang on and, uh, and come away with the win and head to yet another AFC title game. This one will be either in Atlanta if the Bills beat the Bengals on the other side or in KC if Cincinnati is able to pull off the upset. Yeah, I'm just going to go with everything that you just said because you broke it down beautifully, buddy. So I'm going to say 30-27, same thing. They're going back to the AFC Championship game. But I, I do believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to get it done in Arrowhead this week and against Jacksonville. And finally, Jacksonville's luck is going to run out. Yeah, and if they do, it's going to be it's going to be a heck of a show next week because whether it's the Bills or whether it's the Bengals – there's going to be so many storylines, so many matchups to break down. It's oh, uh, that's going to be about as good a football as you're going to get all year. So I, I can't wait. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, the Chiefs have a lot, a lot of business to take care of because this is not going to be an easy game. But there's a lot to look forward to coming up ahead as well. So uh, we'll be here to break it all down, win or lose. We'll be right back here next week. For Matt Castle, I'm Matt Hamilton. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the game this weekend. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN 
wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.